With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Walking on everybody in the room. Trying to see if I can get close to God. Anybody ever, are you ever there? Well, it's just like ain't nobody else in the room. You don't care if you're on key or not. You don't care if you're rocking with everybody else or not. Amen. Just, just you and God. While I was trying to get close to God, my mind went back to my club days. We've been on dance fast all night. Then the DJ put on the right slow song. Y'all, 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 some of y'all young children don't know nothing about that, but some of y'all are the products of a slow song. All right, all right. Amen, amen. I hear what y'all listen to. I don't say how y'all ever get a chance to slow dance. But I'm old enough to remember a slow drag. Amen. Somebody getting nervous right now, but I'm going to stay in the book, amen. And you waiting on the right slow song. And while we in worship, the praise team brought the right slow song. I just want to say that I love you more than anything. Some of you old players out there, I don't know. Some of you old players, I don't know if you're just waiting on the right song. You've been watching it all night trying to figure out how you're going to get close to it. And they played the right song. I was just waiting on an opportunity to get close to God. And they played the right song. And when they, played, when they played the right song, I began to compare and to contrast. And how many things I fell in love with. And after I got done with my comparing and my contrasting, I came to the realization that I love him more than anything. So if you saw me whispering, I'm just whispering in God's ear. I love you more than anything. Anybody else was whispering to God that, God, I love you? I tried a few things. See, you can't love God more than anything if you hadn't tried nothing. So that's why I'm not mad, I'm not mad with our young people for trying some things because I know God are working together for the good, amen? So you've got to have something to compare and contrast it to. And I'm just going to do for y'all, for what my mama and my mama-in-law did for us. While you're trying another thing, I'm just going to pray. I'm trying to help some of you that got some teens and some early 20s and you don't know where they is late at night. And they just got to get some evidence that God is better than whatever they are experiencing. So while they're out there searching for their evidence, just pray for them. Y'all ain't listening. We might as well take the offering up. Y'all don't want to hear nothing about Amen, amen. Are y'all glad to be here? I am. I'm definitely glad to be here today. And uh, we welcome you to Berean Church International on behalf of myself and my wife, Pastor Valerie Carter. Amen. 
for the wonderful job for the wonderful job she does uh, in uh, ushering in the presence of the Lord through exaltation. I just kind of stood in the administrative office this morning and, and, and watched her work that scripture. She worked that scripture this morning. Didn't she? Amen, amen. She worked it. Amen, amen. Uh, y'all know why we exist that God wanted living through. Give God a hand clap of praise, for we are, are a church with vision. Amen. Amen. I want to look at Nehemiah today. Y'all know this is transformation 2014. This is what we have seen this year as a year of transformation, a change from the inside out. Give me a, a, a old ordinary self. So God laid in my heart for us to call this Transformation 2014. And this would be a change where we would change from the inside out. That way, no matter, no matter, no matter if I had the money to get my hair done or not. If I had the money to get my nails done or not. If I had the money to put some rims on my car. If I had the money, right, to go down to the mall and dress up or not. I, I would still right, feel good about myself because the change is taking place on the inside of me. So, so I love material things, and I like dressing up, and I like the things that make us look pretty, but if I don't get a chance to look pretty, I know that I'm beautiful on the inside. And when we change from the inside out, right, what the world has to think about us means little. Because a change from the inside out is usually a permanent change. But what's frustrating about a permanent change is that it's slow. In a matter of minutes. Come on, somebody. You could be short napping on Monday. Long and straight on Tuesday. Short and blonde on Wednesday. And I think that's why we like fast change, like because we like immediate gratification, but I've been living long enough to know that it's a slow change that really counts. So today we're going to take a look at, look at Nehemiah, okay? Nehemiah 4, 1 through 6, and we'll probably be all over this fourth chapter. It says, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became colleagues and the powerful men of Samaria and said, what are these pathetic Jews doing? Can they restore by themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they ever finish? Can they bring these burnt stones back to life from the mounds of rubble? Somebody say rubble. Then Tobiah the Ammonite, who was beside him, and said, Indeed, even if I God, for we are despised, make their insults return on their own heads, and let them be taken as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their guilt, or let their sin be erased from your sight, because they have pro provoked the builders. Anybody ever got picked on before and you want to forget them, dog? Uh -huh. <laughs> they mad. Forget them, dog. I bet right now you got somebody you want to stick God on. 
But you got to know now, God's no respect your person. He causes the rain on the just and the unjust. And when God says, vengeance is mine and I will repay, that's just what he means. Amen? Verse number six. So we rebuilt the wall until the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. Somebody say half its height. The tongue system, half is the will to keep what? Nehemiah was a key person for rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Nehemiah was actually a person of transformation, a person of change. You've got to understand that the walls and the gates around the most sacred place in Israel had been torn down. Robbers, CEO yards, daring you to do anything about it. Sitting on the hood of your car, daring you to do I thought that would get some of the guys' attention. Daring you to do anything about it. And God touched Nehemiah's heart while the Israelites were in captivity and told him to rebuild the walls. That place needed to be transformed. So we see here that Nehemiah was an agent of transformation. And not only was he a key person in rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem, but he was a key leader in rebuilding the spiritual life of the people. Can I stop and talk for a little while? The walls being torn down around Jerusalem were indicative of the spiritual <laughs> makeup of the people. If you got all types of crazy stuff going on in your life, a jacked up boyfriend, a jacked up car, jacked up bills, jacked up girlfriend, everything in your life jacked up. It's indicative of a spiritual thing. You've got to understand that everything that happens in the natural comes from the spiritual first. I ain't, I ain't got nobody that won't say anything right now. But you've got to understand, your mindset, your spirituality, right, sets in motion the things that happen in your natural. So when God begins to show you how jacked up you are in the natural, he's trying to show you how jacked up you are in the spiritual. We want to discount that, though. We don't. I don't know why this happening. Yet you do, right? Because the word of God says you reap what you sow. Now, if I sow good things, according to the scripture, I'll reap good things. So, if I got a harvest of hell, it means I sow seeds of hell. Cause I, I don't know where I am spiritually. Just look at your natural life. It's screwed up. Chances are, your spiritual life mirrors what's going on in your natural life. Are, y- are y'all listening to me? So you don't have to walk around trying to say, I don't know why all this happened to me. Yeah, you do. Hmm? That's why we, we said when we were first talking about transformation, if you want to be changed from the inside out, you got to keep it 100. And if you don't keep it 100 with me, keep it 100 with you. Say, I, I, don't, I, don't care what you I don't care what lie you show me. Just don't lie to yourself, right? Because some of love you enough to cry with you when you know why. You're wasting my tears when you really know why you're going through what you're going through. You want to play ignorant when you get around me. You crying, I'm crying, Pastor Carter crying, we praying for you. We rebuking stuff. When you know you brought it on yourself. Right? No, that don't mean that don't mean 
you ain't going through. But if they mean you know why you're going through. So what he does is he gives us a pattern for rebuilding our personal lives and helping others rebuild their lives. So really and truly, Nehemiah is this agent of change, and we can take a look at Nehemiah and what he went through in rebuilding these walls to help us to be transformed ourselves, to help us to change ourselves. Right? So today what we're going to talk about is challenges you will face during transformation. But I looked up the definition of challenge, and there was one definition that stuck out. It says, a situation that tests you. God will allow. When we go to the gym, we are testing muscles. Are, are y'all listening to me? And see, a muscle will never get, get bigger unless it's tested, coach. The players won't get any better on the court until you got to be tested. And, and a lot of times we think that God's trying to kill us, but the only thing he's really doing is, is testing us to make us better in the area in which we need to be transformed in. Don't ever pray for something you really don't want. Lord, let me be more patient. And they had to get behind somebody in Walmart and got 600 things on that car. And you'll be cussing out of your breath, but you'll but you would have forgotten that you asked for patience. So God had to challenge your impatience to work patience in your life. Oh, God, just help me be more loving. You walk in work, everybody hates you. But you prayed the prayer that you wanted to be more loving. Now, in order to be more loving, you have to encounter some hate. I don't know what's wrong with them. In this place today, folk ain't speaking. Look right at me. And you want to blame them, but you're the one that prayed the prayer to be more loving. And at the end of the day, you'll go home and say, God, I don't know why folk didn't treat me like this. But it was your rusty knees. And it was your bow down head and your mouth. That request that your day go that way. Because you want to be better. As a matter of fact, you want to be transformed. Are y'all listening to me? So I just want to talk about some challenges you're going to face during transformation because you want you want to be better. Amen. First thing you're going to face is some ridicule. Yeah, they're going to talk about you, bro. Huh? They're going to do that. They're going to try to reduce you. Because they might feel like you're getting a little too strong. Ridicule is to reduce or dismiss the importance or the quality of somebody. So while you're trying to be transformed, while you're trying to be changed from the inside out, somebody's going to say, you know me. (laughs) I remember you. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever tried to do better? And somebody said, What's your angle this time? This is Colorado and we face these Philippines together and we recommit to do Facebook. And they 
old, so you don't have long conversations on Facebook. You you exchange phone numbers. We understand that that nonverbal communication, you really can't get exactly what it's saying because you can't hear the inflection in the voice. So we exchange phone numbers and call them up. He said, man, what game you? <laughs> you got to understand that when he and I met, we were 19 and 20 years old, so we was masters at running games. And I couldn't get mad at him because the last time we shook hands, he was trying to get me and I was trying to get him. But we were still friends. Anybody had any friends? We laughed about it later on, but we were always trying to go one up <laughs> on one another. So, 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 he, he said, man, what kind of, man, ain't no game, man. <laughs> So we exchanged stories, and we laughed about it because we realized how far God had brought us. But I said all this to say this. Some folks ridicule and take you right back. Huh? Somebody remember when uh, you were doing it for the vine and everybody else. Ridicule is, <laughs> ridicule is the devil's language because what it tries to do is tries to reduce you. When God says you're more than a conqueror, and when God says that you can overcome anything, when God says that all things work together for your good, the ridicule will say, oh, you ain't going to make it. You'll always be what you did. Sambala mocking Jesus before his colleagues and powerful men of Samaria, which means that ridiculers need friends. Y'all ain't listening to me. Because it seems like when you're trying to be transformed, or when you're trying to allow God to work a change in your life, right, it ain't one person. It seems like folks team up on you. Because they'll say things like, you know what, she's trying to go to church now. And they'll go find everybody who knows you ain't got no business in church. And all of them will get together. You see, Sam Ballard, he knew about ridicule because what he does is, he got on to him before his colleagues. Most ridiculers need an audience. They'll saw you four, five times, didn't say anything. But once they got an audience, once they got their colleagues around, here come, here come, here come. You still going to church? Oh no, he ain't going to church. They done saw you five or six times before then, and they say nothing, right? But when Ray Ray and Boo Boo and all them standing around, right? They put you on front street then. Y'all listen to me. I'm talking about why you're trying to be transformed. You're going to have some people that's going to ridicule you, and they're going to team up. And that's what they like. They want to personally attack you. They want to dig up your past and talk about something. You know, a lot of times folks say stuff about you. It ain't that it's, it ain't true. It's just bad. <laughs> See, some folks know some stuff about us ain't no lie. And everything we hear on the street ain't wrong. It's just that it wasn't right that you did it. Are y'all listening to me? Right? So whenever you're trying to, because see, you could kick something off if it was, if it was a lie. All right. Right. But if it's true, you would do it. 
Some things we've done, it makes you want to hide if it's true. So they make personal attacks on us. What are these pathetic Jews doing? And then they attack your capability. And I don't really think he or she can do it. And what they do is they pull up your record. A real record, but they Mama got records. Some of our names in the block. And they'll look at the track record and, and, they, and they will they will say, I know you can't do it because they didn't do it before. And they'll talk about all of your shortcomings to say that you are not capable of making the change. These are things you're going to run into while you're trying to be transformed. I just thought that I'd just throw it out there so you don't think somebody's picking on you, but God is using the ridicule. Are y'all listening to me? To help you. So every time somebody ridicules you or talk about your past, just know God is using it as a building block to help build a bridge of hope. How many know people will take your wall, how many people know God will take your wall of shame, that same thing that caused you shame, he'll take that same material, build it another way, and call it hope. Are y'all listening to me? Tax on your determination. It's going to be tax on your, or tax on your enthusiasm. Are you really determined? Are you really enthused about it? Attack on your resources. Some folks used to share with you until you start wanting to change. When you say, I need help with my cable bill, but I can't do what I used to do to get the cable bill paid. Y'all ain't hearing me. Because you're trying to change. Now, 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 if you could slip back, you'll get your light bill paid. If you could slip, I'm just talking about some folks you know. I ain't talking about you. You can get your card note paid. Tack on your resources. And sometimes it'll be so strong until it make it want to pull you back to what you came out of. This is what Warren Worsley says. He says, when the enemy laughs at what God's people are doing, it's usually a sign that God is, is going to bless his people in a powerful way. So anytime people begin to ridicule you and talk about you for trying to do right, you know you're doing right. You know God, God's going to help you out. Because most folks want to see, you got some folks, they don't want to really, really expose you to everybody. They want to be between you and them. Can I talk for a minute? Right. They don't want to tell everybody. They just won't know. So on one of your good days, you get talking about how good God been to you. Everybody else don't know, but they know. You got anybody like that in your life? Tell on you, but they just won't know. So when you try to tell them something, they look at you like, <laughs> So you know when people began to pick at you and mess with you, Right? Because you're trying to do something that's good, you know, right, that God's getting ready to bless you in a powerful way. Because if God was not getting ready to bless you, the devil would not use people to try to pull you down. He's always trying to block blessings. You'll face ridicule, but you'll also face rage. When Sambiah, Tobiah, and the Arab, and the Ammonites, I practice this one, the Ashdodites, did I say that good? heard 
all night. I, I working on that. The Ashdodites heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem was progressing and the gaps were being closed. They got bad. You see, they ridicule you to the point to where they want to make you quit, but then when they start seeing some progress in your life, the ridicule will turn into rage. They couldn't laugh you down. Now they're trying to stack you down. Are, are y'all listening to me? Right? I like Revelation 12, 12. It says, the devil has come down to you with great fury because he knows he had a short time. A lot of folks wonder, why, why, why is the heat turning up on me so hot right now? Right? Because they know they're working with a small window. They know if you can hang in there just long enough, they know it won't be long, right, before them same ones that's stepping on you, right, you'll be stepping over them. And see, they realize that they ain't got but a short window to work in, so since they got a short window to work in, they're going to throw everything, including the kitchen sink at you, because they are afraid that if you change, they'll have to change. They're hoping you don't, because if you do, it'll put pressure on them, because if you do it, that means they can do it. And they want it to seem impossible. So they want to use you as a case study in their life to show where change is impossible. Oh, look at so-and-so. He tried, he didn't change. Look at so-and-so. She tried, but she didn't change. Fine when they were ridiculing, but they saw there was some progress made on the wall. And there were some gaps in the wall that started to be closed. You see, some people, right, don't care until they start seeing the gaps in your life start being filled. You used to call on them all the time and would do anything to get their help. Now you ain't calling no more. The gaps are being closed. Uh, you used to call them and cry to them about your problem, but you don't find that God is a midnight keeper and that he will listen to you when you cry out to him. You, you used to call them at 2 a.m. in the morning, and they would answer the phone because they had you on a special ring. But now they're hearing the special ring less and less. And when they began to ask you why you ain't calling no more, you tell them you got somebody else you're calling on now. And when they find out it's God, they get even more mad because they know they can't do anything for you if you're calling on the Lord. Some people who are going through the transformation, and you got some people who used to be near and dear to you, but now they're angry because you're trying to change. And I've learned if it don't bother God, I ain't going to let it bother me. You got so hot because you're trying to do right. Right? It ain't, you ain't trying to be self-righteous. You just have came to your point in your life where I'm just tired of wrong. And, I, and I'm trying to do right. It'll make some folks mad with you. But I'm reading Psalm number 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, why do nations gather together? Why do their people devise useless plots? Kings take their stands and rulers make plans against, I mean together, against the Lord and against his Messiah by saying, let Let's part. Uh, let's break apart the chain and shake off the rope. I, I, I like. I like verse number four. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. So everybody, they're trying to break you down, tear you up by getting angry with your progress. The word of God says that God laughs. 
It's funny to God when people get mad because you're trying to do right. It's funny to God because the Bible says that he laughs about it, right? And then it says he makes fun of them. Sometimes it's internal, and sometimes it's external. They all, do you really love God that much? Does it take all of that? Now start taking five or ten dollars and trying to put it in the offering plate. Some folk want to show you how you can take this five or ten dollars and do a whole lot with you. But now you're trying to give it to the kingdom. They want to confuse you. When it comes to your sacrifices to God, we used to talk all night long. We talked about scandal. We talked about Mary Jane. We talked about. But now your ears are less attentive. I ain't saying you ain't trying to be Mary Jane anymore. You ain't trying to cause a scandal. You're seeing it through different eyes now, right? And because you don't talk about that all the time anymore, and, and, and your speech has changed. Some people, ain't it funny how some people won't speak to you because you don't watch the same show? Now, these grown people, this ain't elementary school. These grown folk, because you don't talk about the same things anymore, or quit speaking to you, to resist you to cause confusion because maybe you've been friends five, ten years or more. They want to confuse you because there ain't nothing like a good dose of confusion. Because you get confused enough, you start moonwalking, won't you? You start. I just know how. Start backtracking because I'm confused now because this this was my MCM and WCW and and, and they were all of this. <laughs> uh, they were all of this to me. Now because I'm trying to live my life in a better way. They stop talking to me. Because all of us know if the right person stops talking to you, it will hurt your feelings. And make you think about turning back. Right? They all plotted together. It was Damascus on the north. It was the Ammonites on the east. It was the Arabians on the south. It was the Ashtars on the west. Jerusalem was surrounded by enemies. And there are going to be times when you are trying to tr be transformed. It's going to seem like you are surrounded by enemies. I got to. That's too much. That's too much on the table for me to leave that just sitting just like that. There's gonna be times when you know how to work with the rubble. Broken stones and bricks and other materials and buildings. It says in verse 10, in Judah it was said that the strength of the laborers failed since there was so much rubble. We would never be able to rebuild the walls. Their eyes were focused on the rubble on the ground. I won't talk for a minute. Their eyes were focused on the rubble on the ground. I began to just think about this scripture, war, and I began to think about it real good. And I said, now, there wasn't no Home Depot back then. There wasn't a Lowe's truck that was going to come and drop off supplies in Jerusalem. One of Marvin's to do it. So they had to rebuild the wall with the rubble of the walls. 
And see, a lot of us are looking for building materials, and God said, I'm going to take your past life. I'm going to take the adultery. I'm going to take the fornication. I'm going to take the drunkenness. I'm going to take the addiction. Y'all ain't hearing me. Right? I'm going to take the lies. I'm going to take the, see, I'm going to take the rubble. The stuff that you don't think is anything. And I'm going to make your wall of shame a bridge of hope. You're going to have to work with rubble because he ain't going to cut in a new thing. And you are who you are. Are y'all listening to me? So whatever you've done in life, don't be surprised if God starts using what you've done to make you who you really are. After all, we say in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those that love the Lord and that are called according to it for all things. You mean when I got drunk in the bar and woke up in somebody's bed, I'll take it all. When I lied and when I cheated, I'll take it all. Huh? When I went out and I thought nobody saw me but me, God says, I, I, I'll take it all. The broken heart, he'll, he'll take it. The depression, he'll take it. The rubble is what God wants. God wants. God wants the rubble. So when He reveals you, people will say He didn't work with them for rubble. It would have. It would have to have been God. I didn't see a load truck. I didn't see a whole thing. Nobody brought in a new material in there. So God worked with that that had been broken down. And I know you thought, you thought that your rubble was your demise, but your rubble is not your demise. Your rubble is your building material. That's what God wants to use to rebuild you. I know the devil wants to use you to use that to shame you out, but God wants to take that. So when you give your testimony, you'll say it wasn't nobody but God. Turn your neighbor, tell your neighbor, neighbor, don't despise your rubble. They rebuilt the wall. They rebuilt the wall with rubble. Not top shelf stuff, but rubble. Usually when I began to look at the rubble in my life, I call that my midpoint crisis because I worked so hard until I got halfway there. A lot of times when I get halfway there, that's when I began to notice, right, how low down I used to be. I'm about halfway there. When I began to recognize, right, right, just how far I came, right, it's a, it's a midpoint. It's a, it's a midpoint. How many people know when you're in the middle, you're in the middle? When I'm in the middle, it would take me just as much energy to turn around and go back as it would to go forward to the goal. So I'm in the middle of this thing. And when I'm in the middle of it, I have a midpoint crisis. Reason, reason why you have a midpoint crisis in the middle is because the devil know you came so far. And if he can get you to turn around then, a lot of us will never try again. So we rebuilt the wall until the entire height of the wall was joined together at the midpoint. It was halfway there. 
That's when hell. If all hell is breaking loose in your life right now, it probably means because you halfway there. If you got the hot, if you got the house of hell on your tail right now, it's because you halfway there. Fighting you because you're halfway there. They call midnight midnight because it's the middle of the night. Six hours since darkness and six hours to daylight. Midnight. Which way will you go? Will you turn around and run into the dark? Or will you stand? Or will you head towards light? So what do I do when I'm at the midpoint of Christ? I regain my excitement by looking at how far I have came. Ain't nothing like trying to lose 10 pounds and realize you lost five. So I regained my enthusiasm. I said, I have come this far. He brought me too far to leave me. Any distractions I have during the midpoint, I began to remove them. I don't care if you don't speak no more. I'm going to say, hey, anyway, and keep walking. I'm not going to return evil for evil. I'm going to do what's required of me. I'm not going to let her distract me anymore. I'm just going to do what God told me to do. And then when the devil began to show me my inadequacies, I'm going to remember that my inadequacies are a reminder that I depend on God. You hear rumors, the Jews, who were the neighbors. Now, we know a lot about that church, but your neighbors know us better. Your neighbors see what you do when you come outside. We can dress up in church, amen, but your neighbors see you when you smoke in the backyard. Your neighbors see your neighbors see when you don't speak to them at the me- I got I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. You'll hear rumors. Now I wanna say this right here. When everybody starts talking about they, you think twice before fearing an unnamed they. Because one of the devil's biggest tricks, one of the devil's biggest tricks, I know I'm trying to go, one of the devil's biggest tricks is they. Antonio, they start talking about they, right? You said, well, if you can't define who they is, don't tell me what they say. And I want to know why they were so comfortable talking about me around you. Because if they said it, it meant that you listened to it. I'm trying to go. Wipe out the transformation, but he's using the ridicule to help you in your transformation. He's using the, the rage of others to help you in your transformation. He's using the resistance to help you in your transformation. He's using the rubble to help you in your transformation. And yes, he's using the rumor. 
the rage, the resistance, the rubble, and the ruin. Just know he's saying, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So talk about me. He's with me. Resist me. He's with me. Get mad at me. He's with me. Ridicule me. He's with me. Because I'm trying to be transformed. Good God Almighty. I, I wish I could say it. If I could say it, can I say it in a song? Can I, can I? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was just praying and asking God, how could I end this sermon? Because y'all know I'm not a good close. So I'm asking God, how, how, how can I, while I was working on Mama's house, I reintroduced myself to the Joy FM. Anybody listen to the Joy FM sometimes? Just good music on Joy FM. And that was some songs that encouraged me while I was working on Mama's house. And I, and I thought I, I would, I would, I would uh, share the song with you. So that while you're in your transformation process, Maybe this song that's in my heart will get into your heart too. Can I share it with you? Amen. He's trying to get us queued up now. Amen.
of it. And you'll see that sometime you are not ready to give up. Same me. God's ready to give up. Sometimes I'll be here today. I ain't turned the radio off yet. You'll sing like the song will come on. I be gent sometimes from head to toe. That's how I lost a lot of weight this past summer, y'all. I be gent from head to toe. I walked in one day. Ceiling had fell out. Lord. Another day, the guy that was helping me with the house said he couldn't go no farther. This is it. And there was a lot of stuff left to do. And I wanted to cut. I could go on and on with countless of stories like that that happened at my mama's house. But what God was showing me, he was showing me the same thing was going on in my spiritual life. Folk were walking out on me. Things were looking like that that I wanted to happen wasn't happening. But he was just gently reminding me that he's with me. No matter what you're going through in life, during your transformation, God is with us. So if you remember, any of the point. On those days, when you can't pray, when you, when you can't even open up your Bible because the tears are so thick in your eyes, I want you to remember that he is with you. Amen. Lord, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.